G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. My guest in the studio today is Warren Crank. Uh, We're going to be hearing a bit of Warren's story today and we're going to talk about Australian spirituality. It's not just in our amazing cities, but it's also in the outback. We're going to talk about what it means to be gritty, not glitzy in our Aussie spirituality. What if Australian Christian spirituality is more to do with red dirt than the bright lights of the big city? There's a dimension of Christian ministry in Australia that requires a four-wheel drive. A special uh, guest today thinks it's more important to mobilise believers for mission and community transformation in rural and remote towns than anything else. The Red Dirt Church sets its sights on simple churches for a sunburnt country with a vision for a network of rural and remote churches like a series of campfires spreading across the nation. Warren Crank is the founder and national director of Red Dirt Church. He was a Baptist pastor for 24 years in Ipswich and Townsville, and he was there for 24 years uh, in the in the Baptist movement. And now he's embracing the Red Dirt Church, a Red Dirt journey full time. The website is reddirtchurch.org. I've just had a look this morning; they've got a great Vimeo video there too, explaining what they do. Uh, so you're welcome to check it out. So we're going to open the phone lines and talk about this topic throughout the morning. Welcome along to the studio, Warren. Tell us a bit of your story, mate. Where were you born and raised? Great to be here. I was born in Roma in central southern Queensland, Mm -hmm. the home of Artie Beetson and Darren Lockyer, for some of you who claim to fame anyway. (laughs) But uh, I was born out there, and then uh, we came back to the Redcliffe area, which is near Brisbane in Queensland, before doing most of my growing up, really, in Mullaney on a dairy farm. Uh, my dad was a share farmer, and so most of my early years were spent in that rural context in Mullaney. Okay, there you go. Did you have a religious upbringing? I did, actually. So basically, mum and dad went to the Baptist church in Mullaney, the, the Baptist Tabernacle, it was called. Mm-hmm. It's a tattoo parlor now, which shows how times have changed. But uh, yeah, we grew up, uh, went to church quite regularly, actually, and uh, my mum and dad are both uh, committed followers of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And tell us about your conversion experience. Was it like at a youth camp or were you always just a believer? No, I I probably wasn't always a believer. Um, I guess it was a young age. Like a lot of uh, people, we we had our journey towards Jesus, particularly if you grew up in a Christian household, started quite early, but probably about 12 years old. I remember it's probably not a real vision because I can see myself, but I I responded at at a youth camp down on the Gold Coast. So that was sort of the, the beginnings of the uh, of my faith journey and, of course, uh, lots of things between then and now. Now, talking about Mullaney, I remember preaching at a youth camp there at a macadamia farm. Yeah, You've been one. to that one? I have been to that farm. And, and the guy that runs it was my wife's youth pastor. You're kidding. What was the guy's name? Do you, do you know that? No, no, you, yeah. you got me on the spot there. But, but no. it's a well-known uh, youth camp uh, location or church camp location up at Mullaney. So lots of good things come out of Mullaney, eh? Oh, they do, <laughs> including some great milk. <laughs> That's right, Mullaney Dairies. We have it here at the radio, actually. Uh, we all love it here. So good. Uh, it's very good. And uh, tell us a bit about your journey uh, into uh, ministry. Like what kind of career did you have when you finished school? 
I worked in uh, banks, actually, for 10 years, different banks, and um, that was a great part of my story. Uh, I, I had a little bit of a go at being a groundsman at a school just about around the time I got married. I was hopeless at that. So, uh, But uh, the calling to Bible college came during that particular period for Ellie and me, my wife and I, and uh, we came up to Queensland, actually, to study, and that was the beginning of um, my journey in vocational uh, ministry, which was, as you say, about 24 years plus, because I still consider myself doing that, even though I'm not in a mainstream situation. So Ipswich uh, Baptist Church, uh, what, what was the name of the church there? Yeah, Ipswich Baptist yeah. Church. Loved it. Yeah. Did you do a lot of work like among the homeless there? What, what, what kind of ministry? We did, actually. So we, uh, it was a very formal church and um, had a long history in a, in a very traditional sort of building, but it was in the main street of town. And uh, a lot of uh, social issues in that part of Ipswich. And so we bought uh, a building across the road, which had been used as a brothel, actually. And we converted it into a place for people to come and be. And even though we didn't think about it at the time, it was actually the beginning of a simple church experience for people who had lots of mental health issues. And it was really a place to belong where Jesus was at the center. So that was a, a, a very important part of the story of Ipswich Baptist Church. Mm, wonderful. And then you're at Townsville as well? Yeah, I was yeah. at Townsville for eight years. And that's really where my heart for rural and remote grew because I guess when you're out of the city and um, you're way up there, it's a city, a lovely place actually, Townsville, but it is remote still. And uh, I first got my glimpse of the hundreds and hundreds of small communities scattered across northern Australia at the time. But my vision's grown a bit since then, but realizing that the, the standard model of church wasn't going to be able to be sustained in, in those places. So that was the beginning of my red dirt journey during mm. my time up there. Well, we are going to get into the red dirt journey, but important question first. Uh, do you still support the Broncos or did you convert to the Cowboys when you moved to town? Well, I was chappy, chaplain for the Cowboys for five years. So, oh, right. so that's probably my heart team. I was chappy for Broncos too really? for a while. Okay. But at the moment, and I have been chaplain for North Devils, which is a Queensland rugby league club. Club makes a great hashtag, chaplain for the Devils. <laughs> but uh, the, yeah, chaplaincy is a big part of my story too. Okay, fantastic. So Broncos, how, how long were you chaplain for the Broncos? I was only there for a year because I thought we were in Brisbane to stay, but uh, we went back and had a stint in North Queensland again, stirring up this kind of thing I'm involved in now. Uh, but it was uh, it was the year that uh, Wayne Bennett was transitioning out, and it was quite a tumultuous year for the Broncos, but uh, it was good to be there. I still know uh, a lot of players preparing one of them for marriage at the moment. Yeah. And, or, and uh, so, yeah, that's basically been part of my story. Well, they desperately need your prayers at the moment. Yeah, well, they've got another <laughs> chappy there, and he's doing great. Yeah. Well, I, I know Bill Hunter was there for many years. Yeah, yeah. he he's finished up. That's right. He was there for over 20. Yeah. And uh, so I was there to replace him, but that didn't quite work out that way. So the, the new guy, Andy, has been there for a couple of years now, and he's doing great. Andy, what's Andy's last name? Can't remember right now. Okay, but Andy, okay, there you go. We we'll need to be praying for Andy because the Broncos need all the help they can get. And, you know, Robbo, who does the breakfast show here, Rise and Shine, he's a mad Cowboys supporter. Yeah. So uh, what was your time like as a, as a chaplain with them? Oh, I really loved it. Um, the, the Cowboys are a uh, everyone belongs club. Uh, c- club cultures are really important, and they are different in different mm. clubs, but... I think uh, at the time, JT and others really created the situation where there were no big egos. We're all in this together, and it was a wonderful time there. Mm. I, I left in 2014, and they won the premiership in 2015. So that, <laughs> that might tell you something about my chaplaincy anyway. <laughs> there you go. Uh, and tell us about the dream for Red Dirt Church. How did it all begin? 
Well, it all began really with championing people in local communities who um, already have the basics of a Christian faith. They might have real connectivity in that local town or community, wherever they're a part of. And, um, and it was about how could we scaffold people like that to actually start a simple faith community? Because the, uh, the traditional model involving uh, you know, buildings and stipends, um, it works in some places, but not in a lot. So we had to think differently about how, how would God start his church in all sorts of places. And so we had to think in terms of disorganized religion. <laughs> disorganized religion, I like that. That's a good slogan. Um, and tell us a bit about where they are. Where, where are the Red Dirt churches right now? Well, the latest one we started is in uh, Port Augusta in South Australia. Um, they're sprinkled around Queensland. We have one, uh, a couple of people have been repping for us in New South Wales. So the idea is that it will have a growing national footprint. Uh, but Queensland is where the heartland has been to this point. And what if your town has brown dirt? Are you still allowed to start one there? Yeah, you yeah. can You can start a red dirt uh, wherever you are. And, and really, the red dirt imagery is symbolic of Australia generally. Mm. And obviously, it's got that rural and remote uh, idea that it riffs off as well. Yeah, so tell us a bit about the heart behind it. Um, you know, we we love our big churches with smoke machines and lights and big PAs, uh, but you're really just getting back to the basics. Yeah, what, and what's, I, what's it look like? Well, I've led churches with all of those things, and I think they're wonderful too. So it, it's not a case of either or. Yeah. We're, we're all in this together. But essentially, we can't really afford to have um, models where we need specialists for everything. And um, I grew, but was part of churches growing to be quite large, actually. And and you really do have to have people with specialized skills uh, to pull off the different aspects of uh, big church ministry, and that's that's fantastic. But um, if you need to work with whoever's there in a small town, then you, you have to not think in terms of those specializations, but how can we do something simple, sustainable, uh, for people who aren't experts necessarily? Mm, mm. And is it connected to any denomination at all? No, we, we're going to um, sort of journey with the Baptist church because that's my history. We've talked about that today. But um, the Baptist movement is very state-based, mm. and, and God really has laid on my heart to create uh, a network that has a national footprint. So without being, there being any problems, we, we sort of came out from under that, and it's a basically interdenominational church. And tell us a bit about, uh, you know, what, what does a red dirt service look like? Do you always have some worship music? Do you have communion? What, what does it look like? Oh, they're different everywhere, and, and that's really what we celebrate about red dirt, um, People have different passions and skill sets locally, and really it's bringing those to the boil and trying to encourage, um, of course, a breadth of experience. But yes is the answer to that yes, question. Yeah. yeah, and it depends on where you are. Some of them have a real social justice orientation. Uh, some of them uh, have a real worship ministry orientation. But uh, So they're all quite different mm-hmm. and often reflect either the people leading them or the little community that they're a part of, and that's the point. Well, I was curious to watch on your website. You've got a great little video, uh, and it explains. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. That there are fifteen thousand communities in Australia, and only thirteen thousand churches. Is that right? Yeah, that's, so that's data from Australian towns. I think it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, so basically, we think that there are a lot of churches covering everywhere. That's not really true when you start to pull the data apart. Uh, and um, and what that means is there are there are hundreds and hundreds of communities without necessarily um, an obvious faith community there, Christian faith community. 
And uh, so we really want to work in those gaps. That's that's the heart of Red Dirt. We don't compete with anybody. We're all in, in this together. But there are so many gaps out there. That includes rural and remote places. It also includes certain subcultures, people that um, may not really fit with the average churches we know it these days, who nevertheless can be invited to be a part of a, a, a life of following Jesus and also a faith community that uh, riffs off some of the rhythms of whatever that subculture might be. And, you know, Vision is in 740 uh, communities around Australia now. So good. And, you know, we, we often say that they're like little Billy Graham's preaching the gospel in those communities, yeah. you know. Billy can't travel around Australia. Well, he's gone to be with the Lord now, but, you know, his, his, his grandson, Will, has been to Australia a number of times, and he's been to Alice Springs and Kalgoorlie and Broken Hill. He can't travel everywhere, no. but Vision can. And, you know, there might be people listening in a community now and, and thinking, you know what, there's actually no church nearby me. How do they start a Red Dirt Church? What's the process? Well, we've made it as simple as possible because um, we want to make it as accessible as possible for people. So obviously there are some pretty important things to cover off on. Um, one of them is child safe to make sure that people are uh, safe with children and vulnerable people. The, a basic faith statement so that there's um, a basic understanding of the Christian gospel and, and doctrine that's generally accepted widely across the Christian church. And then that you have some of those simple skill sets of gathering and hosting and so if there's, there's not a lot of hoops actually to jump through, um, and we cr- try and create a relationship with these people as we go. I mean, most of them are working full-time. They might be a farmer or a pharmacist in a, in a town or something, so they've got a big job to do. We don't want to clutter them up with a lot of admin things. Our job is to make sure they're the right sort of people and then release them into whatever their calling is in the, in the place God's led them. And what kind of support do you provide for those that are running the Red Dirt Churches? So basically there's personal support from me and any mentoring that might be needed. We have a little cluster of uh, Red Dirt Churches up in the Wide Bay area and they have an area advocate there, so someone that uh, sort of brings that little group of people together a bit more often. Mm -hmm. So we have a cluster orientation as we grow. But basically the support from me, there are resources available and we have an app which has um, daily uh, readings and some teaching on there so that you don't have to do the teaching side of um, a church. In fact, uh, I was here a while ago and Vision Radio has such great teaching. So there could be just something that a Red Dirt listens to on Vision every week. And then when they meet together, they, they discuss whatever they heard together. So ha- how do people find your app? The, the app is called Red Dirt Spirit and it's available on all the app places. Okay. And you developed that yourself, eh? Yeah, we did because basically what we want to do is create a situation where someone hosting a Red Dirt Church um, can just get everything they need in the app. Yeah. Now, no one has to do that. There's a lot of freedom with Red Dirt Church, so you don't have to do any of these things I'm talking about, but we do want to make resources available so that it's totally doable. Well, I love the whole concept of Red Dirt Church, and I love the the concept of getting back to the basics and just, you know, getting around a campfire, having some worship, having the Lord's Supper, having a word, doing some devotions, you know, just community, mm. back to the basics like in the Book of Acts. Our guest in the studio is Warren Crank. He's the founder and national director. He was a Baptist pastor for 24 years and then felt a calling to start red dirt churches, kind of campfire churches, smaller churches, uh, different uh, uh, expressions of the body of Christ all around Australia. 
And we're asking the question today at Facebook. You can make a comment at Facebook. We're asking the question, have church services become too organized? And should we go back to simpler services? You can make a comment at facebook.com forward slash vision radio. Or give us a call, 1-800-316-316. And we've got Esther from Gyra in New South Wales joining us. How are you, Esther? I'm fine. Thank you, Matt. Have you got a question or a comment for Warren? Oh, I'm just hungry for, <laughs> hungry for what you're talking about, for churches to go back to just what it used to be so, and just let the Holy Spirit work. We talk about letting the Holy Spirit in, but we never let him work in the church. Paul says in Corinthians, when we come together, someone has a hymn, a word of instruction, a revelation, and we should be making way for each other. And to me, what Warren's talking about is just what I'm hungry, hungry, hungry for. Warren, what are your thoughts? Well, that's... Uh, One of my thoughts is, come and start a record. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, I'll throw that question back to you then. <laughs> but basically, the, the Red Dirt model and, you know, other, obviously, movements do similar things, really does uh, emphasise what each person brings to the body of the church. And, and there is space for that. Most, uh, and I've led large church services, there's very little space for anything but what happens on the stage. That's fair enough. That's um, right, yes. But for, in these churches, there's a lot of room for people to bring whatever gift they have for that week to bless and benefit the others who are part of that little Red Dirt Church. That's right. That's how it should be. So, Esther, are you ready to sign up? Do you want to start one? I would love to, but I, I need other like-minded people, and that's hard to find. Yeah. Now, that is one of the problems in rural and remote mm. places, is that sometimes yeah. you do feel a little bit alone. And uh, we're looking to start Red Dirt Online, which might be something that does help you. It doesn't really meet the all of the need. But no. essentially, um, I've had actually people pray that God would show them like-minded people to start. And those people have shown up. Now, I'm sure you've done that before, but yeah. maybe it's time to pray again. Because there could be some people uh, in your network or in your part of the mm. world that might be mm. like-minded. And you just yeah. never know what God's going to do. Thanks for your encouragement. No, so, so, Esther, you're in Gaira in New South Wales. Is that kind of near it's Armidale? It is. Yeah? Yes. What, what other towns are around that area? Oh, well, we're 40 k's from Gaira. We're 60 k's from Glen Innes. Okay, Glen Innes as well. Okay, well, I know there's a good church called mm. Oasis Church at Glen Innes. I've got good friends there. Uh, yeah, it's a bit, a bit far for us to travel. My husband's not well. Okay. And there's another mm. church at uh, Deepwater that's just been planted recently as well. Right, um, right. And we've got some Vision Radio uh, relay stations around that area, which is, which is good. So anyone in that area that wants to maybe support Esther to start a Red Dirt Church, give us a call here at Vision. Let us know. Uh, because, you know, we, we want to see people like Esther included in the body of Christ. And, uh, you know, I was just thinking, Warren, too, I've, I've read some research that says that, you know, in, in larger churches, there's a very small percentage of people that use spiritual gifts. But in smaller churches, there's a much higher percentage of people that use spiritual gifts. That's part of the vision, isn't it? That everyone gets to have a go. Yeah, that's true. And I, that, started, that data's quite new too. So it, it does reflect actually my own experience. And sometimes as a senior pastor of a large church, you're wanting to encourage those gifts, but um, you, you don't really know people very well. And it's very hard to get that sort of thing going. Whereas the great thing about a small and simple church is that we do know everybody and there is a lot of space for that gift giving. So yes, I would totally agree with that. 
Mm. Wonderful. Mm. Well, Esther, thank you so much for your call, and uh, thank you. Let's uh, let's keep in touch, and and if you thank look you. up Red Dirt Church online, which I have, I've been looking up. Okay, look, look <laughs> and at I saw it. I saw the picture of the table with the food and the Bible, and I thought, yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> all the Red Dirts mm. really are hospitality oriented, so yes, most yes. of them start with a meal, and we just have yes. a leisurely time together. And what I find is that so much important stuff happens simply yes. as we eat together. Mm. Now, in some of the Red Dirt churches, that might finish with uh, a simple sharing of the Lord's Supper, but mm. uh, hospitality is key, not only yes. to this expression of Jesus' church, I actually believe it's key to the Aussie heart. Uh, actually mm. relaxing, could be a barbecue, it could be whatever, but actually having yes. that relaxed time together is when we do share life more deeply, and, um, yes. and we need to create space for that. Mm. Well, Esther, thank you so much for your call today and blessings to you, you. and everyone in Gaira today. I agree. And bless, bless you both too <laughs> and ya. Vision Radio. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye. If you'd like to call through, phone lines are open 1-800-316-316. We're asking the question today, have church services become too organised? Should we get back to simpler services like Red Dirt Church is doing around Australia? We'd love to get your feedback on that. Uh, we've got uh, Warren Crank, the founder of Red Dirt Churches, with us for the next 35 minutes. Give us a call now, 1-800-316-316. And uh, you can also make a comment at facebook.com forward slash vision radio. Uh, Andrew's uh, made a comment there saying that, uh, you know, we need the fire of God moving and we need people to come together to get hot for God around campfires. It's a great idea. And we need to hear this dialogue and we need souls, souls, souls. Uh, thank you so much, Andrew, for that. Um, and, you know, I remember reading a book at Bible College uh, from C. Peter Wagner called Church Planting for a Greater Harvest. And the truth is we need to plant more churches, big churches, small churches, every kind of churches, don't we? We surely do. And I think Tim Keller is famous for saying that if you have a real heart for evangelism, then church planting is the most fruitful way of going about that. Mm. So there's opportunity to just share faith in a relaxed way, often in Red Dirt Churches, because we plant them inside our town or inside a natural network, it might be a footy club or whatever, we are already known to the people that um, become part of these little communities. And it's interesting, the data on Australia from Mark McCrindle is that um, Australians aren't really impressed by celebrities who bang on about religion too much. What they really want to see is someone who actually lives out their faith. And so Australians are different than people from other countries. Our receptors are open to authenticity, mm. and we really want to see it live, not just the words that you say. Awesome. Really important. Well, phone lines are open, 1-800-316-316. Join the conversation. Our guest in the studio is Warren Crank. He loves having church around a campfire. There's a whole bunch of red dirt churches that are popping up all around Australia. He's released a book called Unofficial Chaplain. A handbook for everyday service to the people around you. Uh, Warren's our guest for the next 25 minutes. If you've got a question or a comment, give us a call. 1-800-316-316. We've got John from Elmore in Victoria. How are you doing, John? Yeah, good, uh, Matt. I'm on, on the road travelling towards Shepparton, listening to 1413 Vision at Shepparton. Good on you, mate. Thank you so much for your call. Have you got a question or a comment for Warren? Yeah, Warren, I, I like what you're doing, um, we belong to a, uh, a group from RMA. We have RMA apostles from Toowoomba, Queensland. Uh, they set up um, apostolic companies and they emphasis on um, teaching the word, 
fulfilling, fulfilling the Great Commission and uh, the Lord's Supper every time we meet. How good. And I like what, I like what you're doing. Um, it's, it's, it's a great way for people to come together in an informal way. I think the church has got far too, in, too formal. It's got too big. People don't get a chance to participate, but in small groups you can um, you can bring out people to read a verse or to have a prayer or to um, bring out a personal problem, and we can apply it to the Bible. And um, yeah, I like what you're doing. It it sounds really good, Warren. So good, and ditto to you, bro. Yeah, we uh, we love that too. And what I also love and have experienced over the years is, is you can have in that little community. Not yet Christians, people who are curious and exploring, um, people who've just started the journey as well as people of great experience. And I find that in that sort of wonderful soup of all those different experiences and people, some really important things can happen. So someone might not have the the gift of an evangelist, but you're in a church that has a heart, a whole heart for evangelism, and that can create great conversations and great opportunities for people to find out who Jesus is. You're right, and it's modelled on the 2,000 years ago Book of Acts, and that's what we like about it, and I'm sure that's what you like about it too. Yeah, well, it was wildfire church back then, and, um, you know, no buildings, no nothing, really. So, uh, again, all of the people who lead Red Churches are volunteers. They they earn their living some other way, uh, but they have a real passion for the same things you do, bro. So, fantastic. Yeah, Eddie, all the best, and uh, I pray that it grows in, uh, in big numbers for you. Thank you heaps, mate. I appreciate it. Thanks for your call, John. God bless. God bless you guys. See you, bro. And if you'd like to call through, let us know your thoughts about doing church simpler. Give us a call. Phone lines are open, 1-800-316-316. We're also asking the question at Facebook, have church services become too organised? Should we go back to simpler services? And uh, Carolyn has made a comment there saying, we need to let the Holy Ghost lead every church the way God wants them to minister. Uh, thank you so much, Carolyn, for your comment. You can make a comment at Facebook or give us a call now. Phone lines are open, 1-800-316-316. And Warren, you've released this book called Unofficial Chaplain. Tell us a bit about the heart behind it. Well, basically, uh, I learned over the years, I had a friend on staff in um, Townsville, the church I was at there, who was from the U.S., and he said when he came to Australia, he had to completely rethink his way of sharing his faith because this is his experience that people in, in America don't mind a bit of banter and a bit of argy-bargy when it comes to a conversation about God, probably more comfortable talking about God there anyway. But in Australia, what he found was uh, trying to stir up a conversation was usually uh, a quick way to finish that uh, conversation and the person found an excuse to leave and go somewhere else because that's not really how Aussies naturally uh, explore faith and and do that journey. So essentially, I've been a chaplain in rugby league world for about 12 years. I know lots and lots of school chaplains, people who are military chaplains. And so what I thought I would do um, is pull together and kind of distill the way that chaplains posture themselves in the natural networks that they're a part of because there's a lot of favor for chaplaincy in Australia. It seems that every time um, there's, a, there's a move to get rid of chaplaincy, we find another way of keeping it going and making it happen because I think at school level, certainly at military level and at sports level, it's increasingly valued and accepted on the ground. So I thought, how could we help average Aussie people 
um, mobilize in their natural network in a way that could be more effective to share the kingdom of God and to share the faith that we have in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I thought, well, why don't we encourage people to be unofficial chaplains in whatever world they find themselves in? Could be the school car park world. It might be the workaday office life, whatever it is for, for you. Um, these principles have been used by chaplains right across the country and to great effect, actually, and might be very helpful for you. Well, phone lines are open 1-800-316-316. If you've got a question for Warren Crank, the founder of reddirtchurch.org, you can check out their website as well. They do a great stuff. You can join the conversation at Facebook as well. Uh, now, you've got eight biblically-based field-tested attitudes and approaches that you use uh, in this book, uh, the unofficial chaplain. Uh, let's let's go through what they are and just give us a, a bit of a snapshot of uh, you know what's what's the message you're bringing. Well, it's an acrostic on the word chaplain, and the first one is that we are commissioned by God, each of us, to do this. Now, again, I've been a pastor for a long time, and a lot of people, um, if they have someone interested in faith, want to bring their pastor and get their pastor involved. But I actually believe that um, most. Aussie believers are well and truly equipped to do the whole journey with someone who has an interest in the Christian faith. So this is something for you to do. And in fact, as I said before, Aussies are sometimes suspicious of experts and would rather hear from you, uh, someone that they actually know about things about faith and life. So you are commissioned to do this. That's how the book begins. It's holistic ministry. What that means is that we don't just go for the soul or the spiritual part of the person, but treat people as a whole and recognize, as did Jesus, that sometimes people need to be fed, loved, uh, healed, encouraged. We have that whole of life uh, ministry to people, and that really opens up the window to the soul. I truly believe that, and I've seen it so many times. We do this as ambassadors for Christ. So when we go to work or drop our kids off at school or whatever it is, we are always repping for Jesus and we're mindful of that, prepared to share our hope in simple, appropriate ways. It was one of the things I picked up when I did training with Sports Chaplaincy Australia that uh, when we come to share our faith, particularly the heart of the good news about Jesus, don't overcomplicate it. Just keep it nice and simple. And, and just on that, that too, you know, one of the biggest fears people have is sharing their faith. Why are people so scared about talking about Jesus, talking about their testimony? Well, I think that they realize that sometimes um, if you're just doing a spiel, then, um, <laughs> then Aussies sort of pick up on that. Whereas if you're just sharing your story particularly yeah. and your story from the heart, that has a lot of power and, um, and means a lot actually to our friends who aren't saved because they, they might be curious about spiritual things, but they didn't grow up that way or whatever. And you are a, someone who has... Um, a place in their life that is fascinating yeah. and they do want to know more. But once again, you know, McCrindle research shows that people are more open to spiritual conversation since COVID. And, you know, people, we just need to start the conversation. Don't, don't, don't worry about how it's going to end. Just start it, don't you? That's the, that's the key, isn't it? I would agree with that. And, and also don't feel like the pressure that you have to drop the whole gospel bomb on everybody, <laughs> um, you know, in one go. Yeah. I think that... The, the, the power of this model is that you're in their world. You see them really regularly. Yeah. The, the conversations can be picked up and you can be patient in the journey. So we're going through the acrostic chaplain, C-H-A-P. Uh, what's L? L is leverage relationships for good. And I really found this in footy world is that before uh, you talk about anything of a spiritual nature, 
people need to actually think you're a decent human being and someone that they are happy to have in their world. And I think, again, this is an Aussie thing. We're not really interested in experts too much. We want to, we want to know someone authentic in this space. And so, you know, in rugby league world, particularly in the NRL, uh, players pretty quickly sniff out someone who's uh, not very authentic and <laughs> just, just wants to bang on about their religion or whatever. So the, the patient task is just to be in their world and just help out however you can and gain a reputation that you're just a decent human being. It's a good yeah. start. And, and McCrindle's research also shows us that most Christians have already earned that reputation with their non-Christian friends that, um, that we're known as faithful, honest, caring, and all those things. I think number seven on the list was judgmental. So the first negative one was number six, I think, on McCrindle's list. We are already winning the reputation war. Yeah. So be comfortable with that and uh, be Bef confident about that. Before we go to the last couple, or the last few, let's go to this call because phone lines are open. 1-800-316-316 if you want to chat. We've got Douglas from Melbourne. How are you, Douglas? Hey, hi, I'm actually in Frankston. Hey, mate, you got a question or a comment for Warren? Yeah, I certainly do. I um, get what you're saying about the keeping it simple and taking it back to basics. But what I would like to add to that is that I'm not against the sophistication of the church these days as long as they, their heart is to keep it gospel-orientated and scripturally based. All right, look, I, I would totally agree with that. And, and again... Red, red dirt isn't uh, hasn't been started out of some adversarial spirit. We actually realise that there are so many awesome churches in this country doing great things. So I would one hundred percent agree with what you're saying, and um, we are looking for those people who fall outside of that for whatever reason, in order to encourage them in in life and faith as well. But uh, that's a good comment, mate, and I totally agree with that. Thank you. Awesome, Douglas. Thank you so much for your call. Cheers. Phone lines are open, 1-800-316-316 if you want to join the conversation. And I, I just thought of that Bible verse, uh, the Apostle Paul said, I wanted to preach the gospel where it hadn't been preached. And that's really part of your heart, isn't it? Oh, that is at the, the heart of who I am. And anyone who knows me knows that that's so. It's been so all along that the, I have a real heart for the outsider. Mm. And what's happening, and it's not uh, intentional on, on the part of the mainstream church in Australia, but because the model that's standard can't be financed in rural and remote places. There is a turning of the back of the church really on on the heart of Australia in some ways because the model simply can't work there. So so in some ways, and I often feel this for people, I talk to lots of people in rural and remote places, that sometimes they feel forgotten uh, because they're not in a big city, they don't have a coffee shop that serves great latte or whatever. The bottom line is that they are they feel like they're on the outside. And so Red Dirt has a heart to create awesome faith communities that are authentic to that place inside those communities that feel like they're outside yeah. of what's going on. I love it. You've got a heart for the outsiders. It sounds like Jesus to me. Hey, phone lines are open, 1-800-316-316. And we've got Gail from New South Wales. How are you, Gail? Hello, Matt. Have Thank you. you. Yes, I'm, I'm so thankful to, um, and this is great conversation, and my heart's a little bit with Esther, who lives up in near the Gaira area, 
And um, being involved with churches before, you do find how do you, like in his book, in hello, lovely, thank you for all you've been sharing. Um, in the book, does it share about when things get a little bit um, extreme, like to the left or the right? And if, if, if I'm explaining myself well enough, it's the kind of situation where people um, get more fleshy than God, than hearing from God. And I know that we can get very confused. Um, oh gosh, I hope that was God and you love somebody to confirm. But, you know, just hitting a few rough patches and I think of that Bible verse that said where there's no cattle, you know, where there's no mess in the store, there's no cattle. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I was just really, really eager to hear your comments on things that, because leading up to it is, is where we've been and then you find, you know, just different personalities, people with different hurts, etc. Oh, that's so well put. I love that cattle quote, by the way. I think I'll, I'll steal that one. <laughs> But basically, if you think about the New Testament church, by and large, it was written to address ongoing problems in, in churches. It's part of this uh, flourishing and this spontaneous growth of Jesus' church in those early years that it was very hard to manage everything that was going on. Now, if we break that down to a local situation, uh, what we do encourage for people who are part of the application process, so as I mentioned earlier, there is a simple application process to go through. We do actually talk about those sorts of things, and then I'm available, and perhaps other people in in your world, to mentor you through some of those trickier situations. So Red Dirt is very keen not to operate on the radical fringe anywhere. Um, Again, it's because we have the heart for the average Australian um, and even in politics, I don't want to talk about politics today, but we tend to be centrist in, in, those, in, in the political world. And I think in life and in church world, it's the same. So we want to steer away from those radical edges and we would help coach people through a situation where there might be something going on that's, that's not feeling right or a difficult personality. I've got a book at home, which I refer to quite a bit called Dealing with Difficult Personalities. So that is part of it. I remember reading a book from Rick Warren a long time ago, and he used to call them in their church at Saddlebank um, EGRs, Extra Grace Requires, <laughs> is what he used to say. And they're always those people. So we would encourage and help coach people in those situations. Yeah, great. Great. Oh, thank you. Yep, that, that helps. Thanks so much. Thanks for your call, Gail. Bless you. Phone lines are open 1-800-316-316. And we've got David from Kyabram. How are you, mate? I'm fine, thank you. Um, uh, except the freedom is going. <laughs> um, we're, we're, me and my wife, we we go down shopping, you know, as everyone does, and in the town. And um, we we I've noticed just over the last few months, there's a lot of more people on the street, literally on the street, sleeping out in old places or you know in a bus station or wherever, and. It's sad, really, and I got talking to um, a young couple. Uh, I'd say they would be in the 20s, <clears throat> probably about 20, maybe maybe 26 or 27 years of age, both of them, a young couple. And uh, we got talking to them, and uh, we gave them some food products and some, you know, a uh, few things like that, and drinks, and we even bought them a meal at one stage. <coughs> and what, excuse me, uh, and what happened is, um, after we talked for a quite a while, you know, for about half an hour. My wife went shopping afterwards because she had to get shopping done and I stayed there talking. And then one, the young lady said, no one's talked to us like you have. They just walked by. 
Um, there is some kind people that do give things, but what I'm saying is I believe there's a strong ministry on the street, and it, we can't. Ju- and someone said to me once, "Oh, why did you why did you give that man something?" I said, "Well, he needs it more than I do." And they said, "Well, Egon, he, I gave some to him before, and he he was drinking. He went and bought a slab of beer." I said, "Well, I can't judge that." I said, "But I didn't deliberately give him anything because I." to go and get beer. I said, but you've got to leave him to his own conscience, you know. But if they see kindness, then they might start thinking like this other couple, you see. So we hope to see him again. He went down again yesterday, down to the town, but they weren't at the same place. I had the phone number, but it was cut off. <coughs> they had a phone, you know, um, but they couldn't get through. So uh, we couldn't get through. So um, we'll keep trying. Um, maybe they've run out of credit or something you know so Warren, what are your thoughts the there's a ministry on the street that's what i want to say yeah. as well well it's funny you should say that because ellie and i my wife and i have just started our little red dirt on a place in north brisbane i won't mention the name because it is actually a, a lower socioeconomic area and we have the doors open at the beginning of our red dirt and we've had a number of people come in simply off the street, um, and they just join in our meal and stay around for whatever we're doing if they want to. Some don't always want to, but uh, I, I have a real passion for what you're talking about. Mm. I think that that idea of uh, giving a meal is awesome, and I would always rather make the error of being generous rather than trying to judge the whole situation because people's lives are very complex, and I think that uh, we, we just need to be kind-hearted mm. mostly anyway. But uh, I also think that that idea of eating with someone – takes it to the next level. I don't know, Matt does some awesome stuff in this area himself. So that idea of um, helping people who are on the street, increasing numbers, more power to you. I agree with that. Eating with them and maybe even turning that into a simple spiritual gathering could be awesome. I don't know. Yeah. But um, it's great to hear your story, even though it's sad to hear the plight of some of the people you're talking about. Well, we do have to keep moving on, but thank you so much for your call, David. And I just want to say, Warren, it's been so good to hear your story today. Uh, if people want to find out more, the website is reddirtchurch.org. And if people want to start one, come on, Australia, wherever you are around the nation, if you haven't got a good faith community, get in contact with Warren because we need to see more churches like this popping up all across Australia. So come on, contact uh, Warren reddirtchurch.org or you can search up Red Dirt Church on Facebook uh, and also you might want to get a copy of this great book called Unofficial Chaplain from Warren Crank a handbook for everyday service to the people around you I just love it it's so good to have you in the studio uh, Warren thanks so much for your time today great to be here appreciate it and a shout out to everyone hope you have a great day thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media to find out more about us go to vision.org.au 